This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, the machine, mind, mission, meds, and non-meds. We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made and we'll get into the show. Are you a young adult newly diagnosed with ADHD or who is transitioning to independent adulthood? We know all too well the highs and lows that come with independently managing your ADHD. Chad's Adult to Adult Education and Training Program offers self-paced and on-demand training courses to support you in living and thriving with adult ADHD. To learn more, visit us at chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay, we have a really great show. We have uh, David Gwork in our virtual studio. And uh, Jan, uh, will you introduce him? Jeff, our guest tonight is David Gwork, a Master Certified ADHD Coach with the Professional Association of ADHD Coaches. He's also a Master Certified Coach with the International Coach Federation. He is founder and president of the ADD Coach Academy, also known as ADCA, which is the first and largest comprehensive ADHD coach training program that's fully accredited by ICF and PAC, the governing bodies of the life coaching and ADHD coaching professions. David is author of the groundbreaking book, The Keys to Creating a Life of Passion, Purpose, and Possibility for Adults with ADHD. In addition to being recognized as an expert around the world, David received the 2016 Founders Award from the ADHD Coaches Organization and was inducted into the 2016 International Chad Hall of Fame. And Jeff, what makes this so interesting is that David was actually the very first coach inducted to the Hall of Fame. Previously, he had only educators and mental health professionals, so his induction was truly groundbreaking. More information is available online at addca.com. Thank you, Jan. David, welcome to the show. Jeff, always a pleasure that I look forward to connecting with you, always. Always. You know, one of the things that I've always admired about you is <laughs> you love alliteration. 
but besides that, you were very insightful. <laughs> you're, you, have, you have a way of putting things together and models that kind of bring some context to stuff. And I think people go out looking for stuff on ADHD, and there's so many different things. And you want to sometimes yeah. how, how is the jigsaw all kind of put together? And today's show is a little bit of, of really putting some things in context so people understand things in a way that can interact. And one of the things that um, I've always liked is you have a model called the machine, the mind, and the mission. Can you tell us yeah. about what that's all about? Well, first of all, Jeff, if I had to write a better introduction on the purpose of this, I couldn't have written it myself. You <laughs> use the word honest, use the word jigsaw puzzle. And really, when people are finding out about their ADHD, it's one big freaking puzzle. And they've got mm -hmm. so many different places that they can go get the pieces to put together their puzzle that after a while they just give up. Yep. And so I, I got to thinking between the esoteric kind of scientific language that explains what ADHD is in the brain and the impact of the different stories and thoughts that we tell ourselves, um, if we don't understand the harmony between uh, the mind, which is this, you know, invisible unconscious place where if we don't pay attention to it, we create these thoughts. And these dominant thoughts create a chemistry in the brain, in the machine. So mm -hmm. if the thoughts in the mind are not in harmony with the, the functioning of that miraculous machine called the brain, then you'll never be able to seek your mission. That is yep. your purpose or whatever is passionate about because, because the fuel – for not all the fuel, but a lot of the fuel that fuels our machine are the stories and the thoughts and the cognition that we pay attention to. And unfortunately, people with ADHD that don't know this, they're going in for a diagnosis and thinking that medication is the answer all, that the pill will take care of everything, and the pill doesn't. The, the mm -hmm. pill puts you on a level playing field so, mm -hmm. so that you can pause, that so you can mm -hmm. pay attention. So um, like everything else, when I was going through my own journey, I – uh, sought a way, a path that would take all these different paths that I could go down and the complexity of all these different definitions of ADHD. And I sought a way to visually um, articulate with words a mm -hmm. simple way that people could look at their ADHD and understand it so that they could say, well, my machine isn't working very well because my mind's thoughts are mm -hmm. so negative that I can never get to my mission. You know, simple mm -hmm. ways, and yet these models are even deeper than that, as you know, Jim. Mm -hmm. So yep. the first place is to take the invisible challenges yep. of ADHD and make them visible through visual maps. When I first heard this, the what I latched on is the visual of a computer. You got the physical yes. part of the computer. You got the motherboard, the processor. You've got the, the RAM and the hard drive. And then you have the software, which is like the, the, the mind side of it. And the connection that I was making, a lot, you know, these are a bunch of connections. One is if your motherboard ain't working or the processor's messed up, the software can only run so well. So if you don't take care of the physical machine, there's limitations to the mind. And then the other side is if, you're, if your software is corrupt, if you've got some limiting beliefs, or you know your your wire your negativity the stuff I mean your your the computer can be running optimal but it only as good as the software and so both of those components have got to be working at max performance in order for the machine to work to and, and as you say they have to work in harmony in order for you to achieve your mission and I think yeah. it's just a great context to understand what's going on you you can't just look at one side of that equation 
and think it's going to take care of the puzzle because it's not both of them have to be addressed. No, no. And, and what I love, Jeff, is you can take a simple model like machine mind and mission and create this, these great metaphors using computer. And as I think about that explanation you gave to me, the one thing that's missing is the default mode. You know, um, oftentimes people say your default mode is a certain browser. Well, mm -hmm. what if that browser is negative? And what if you uh -huh. don't know what's on that browser and you never change to another browser? Well, then your machine and mind are just the circuitry and the circuitry that goes into that machine are going to keep spewing out the same thing. So that default mode that creates the positive or the negative in your thinking and your stories is critical. And if the default mode isn't working, we, have to, we do have the ability to change it, but we have to learn to pause. And for people with ADHD inhibition, that ability to pause yep. and pay attention to what they're paying attention to, Jeff, you've become one of the yep. biggest proponents of that language. Yep. <laughs> uh, when I, we came out with it, you use it all, the, and I love it yep. because it just makes so much sense yep. because they can't pay attention to the def default mode, yep. so the, the computer is just not working well. So, so the, the best part about what I do is I get to interview all the thought leaders. And so I, I love it when I'm having like an aha, an epiphany on a conversation. It's funny because yeah. when you said the default mode, it took me a second. But, you know, we, we used to think that ADHD was a deficit of attention. Now we realize it's a self-regulation. So now we're bringing yeah. emotion into the puzzle. And the way you describe that, that was the emotional piece, right? You have that yep. default mode of a browser. You know, sometimes it's about sh cause human beings are the only animal that can actually shift their emotions. It's not an easy yeah. thing to do, but you're a huge no. proponent of, you know, the machine and mind can be working all together, but if you don't shift those emotions at the same time, then yeah. you're, in that's, you're in default mode. It's, it's still not going to work towards its mission. So I, I yeah. learned something new today. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Oh, good. Good. And, and Jeff, I love that again because um, here's the thing. We didn't even talk about memory in the computer and memory in the human being, we make decisions, uh, you know, a lot of the decisions we make are based on predictability. We try to predict what's going to happen. And a lot of what we try to predict uh, is whatever we have stored in our memory. And if the dominant um, CPUs or content or whatever you want, gigabytes are mm -hmm. mostly stories of what I can't do and what I never could do. And that's what you access as your context to make a decision about the future. Um, you're either going to procrastinate or you're not going to make a decision at all. And that's what happens to a lot of people with ADHD. So one of the things we're a big proponent on is going back into your life and finding these memories and experiences where you had success or fulfillment or joy and making that the dominant part of your memory and being mm -hmm. able to access it whenever you want. But with people with ADHD, you got to have prompts. you got to have prompts just like you do on the computer, things mm -hmm. that come up to remind you, because when you go into that default mode of negativity and the emotions are taking over, you're hijacked. Your, your, mm -hmm. your wiring is hijacked. So these are the kinds of things you have to plan for before. If you know a situation is going to hijack you because the default mode is negative every time you go there and you have no context or memory to get you out of it, you got to be prepared for that. And yep. one of the ways is Russell Barkley talks about either avoid the situation, know what it is beforehand, or be prepared. Mm -hmm. Those are your three options. Well, I feel that the best option is understanding the situation, and if you have to go there, being prepared, but being prepared with a context of an experience that mm -hmm. has worked for you is the best way that I've seen that's worked for all human beings, but especially for people with ADHD. Excellent. So let's – 
taken what you did, machine to mind the mission default mode stuff, let's go back just to context, is you have the physical part of the computer and you have the software. What we're talking about is they have to be running in harmony and we brought emotions into the default mode. The other thing that you just talked about is you have the hard drive where you have memories. Yep. People with ADHD struggle with working memory. They have a hard yes. – one of the things about ADHD is to be able to retrieve knowledge. Yes. And often yeah. you call it a prompt. I call it a cue. We're talking about the same thing. It's just a different same word. Same thing. Yep. So you have to have some type of a cue in order to retrieve that knowledge. That's like retrieving those experiences or those knowing. The other part of this to understand is that the RAM in a computer is like your working memory. And think of RAM as like the desktop of your desk, right? Yep. If you have yep. a lot of RAM, you can have a lot of stuff that's out. But if you don't have much RAM, imagine you've got just an area and you've got a bunch of file folders on top of each other. And you're always having to get one on the bottom and kind of pull it up. And with ADHD, working memory is a, an impairment, which is another reason why we need the machine working at its optimum. Because when you're retrieving those memories from the past, you have a limited capacity in your RAM actually to process those. So it's real That's important. Right. These are those times where I think you, you actually have to offload that. Like, you know, that's where you're really big into the visual prompts because you can't hold that in your working memory in order yeah. to retrieve that. So that's there for you to see. It's really yeah. cool how this all comes together, huh? It, it really is. And, you know, Jeff, one of the things that we don't think about with ADHD is – the machine has a lot of capacity, but it has a limited capacity of executive function, just like you said. We can mm -hmm. only use so much during the course of the day. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, so parents, when their kids come home that don't understand ADHD, put pressure on their kids to go do your homework before you go out and play baseball. And they've been using their uh, memory all day, all day. Mm -hmm. And they go back to access it, and there's nothing available, and the parents don't understand it, and that kid receives a consequence for that. Mm -hmm. So understanding this is not only about if you have your own ADHD, it's the people around you. If this person is getting angry at me, is it because they've lost the ability with executive function to pause because they're tired or they're not paying attention or they can't regulate? That's the first piece. And the second piece is this, Jeff. Sometimes people go into their memory to access something that might be related to something in the future mm -hmm. that they have to do, and they go into their memory, and it's completely blank. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there. And the reason for that is because years ago when they were younger, they might have done something well. But but rather than pausing to celebrate it and savor it so they could sustain their attention on it long enough to create the memory, mm -hmm. they just sort of poo-pooed it and didn't register it in the brain. They're like mm -hmm. it, it never got registered in the memory, yep. which is different for human beings than the computer because in the pro in the computer you can program memory yep. it still has a capacity but with human beings attention is so unique and interesting yep. because if we don't learn to sustain focus and savor it we don't create a memory period yes absolutely absolutely so you touched on something about like exercising kind of coming home and i want to go to break and when i come back i want to talk about the machine side yeah, and I want to start talking about what we call non-med meds. And I got to give a little shout out. This this whole concept is one from Brett Thornhill. So I, mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not that bright. I don't come up with any ideas, but I'm really good at talking to a lot of people and kind of consolidate those. So we're going to go to break. We're going to come back and talk about that. Our secret word tonight is machine. 
again, our secret word like this machine. And David is the founder and head of the ADD Coaching Academy, which has got – you can coach training. It's got a plethora of resources. they got to find a coach page that's there. I encourage you to check it out at ADDCA.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're with David Gwerk. Um, using his intellectual capital, his concept of machine mind mission, to use that as a context to, to kind of sort through this for people to understand what all that stuff is related to. Before the break, we were, we were, we were pulling all this stuff together, and I kind of want to turn and focus in on the mind. And again, another shout out to Brett Thornhill. Uh, he's a pretty bright guy and uh, really clever. He came up with the, the acronym MEDS. Well, wait a second. Are you talking about stimulants? No. Meditation, exercise, diet, and sleep. When you go out there and you start looking around at types of things that you need to do, all four of those things are talked about, and everybody agrees they're all great, and they're all important for the machine side of the mind. If the software is going to run, the machine's got to be there. And before the break, you know, David, you kind of alluded to the kid coming home all day. When your executive functions are spent, you've got to go recharge those batteries. And often exercise yeah. is a way to do that. And sometimes I think people lose sight. I mean, there's countless stories of the kid with ADHD that's struggling in school that's hyperactive. And they're kept in during recess as opposed to letting them go out, which is like that's the worst thing you could do with the kid. You to burn that energy so they can focus. So yeah. I want to kind of talk about this because this this is the – we all know that this is really, really good stuff. In fact, I'll, I'll digress. You know, David, I, I, I know you exercise a lot. In fact, I've seen you in all kinds of rocking chairs, playing basketball. One of my favorites, you're sitting on the ground with your arms out, like parallel to the ground. Literally, he's sitting on the ground dribbling basketballs with each, each hand. And I've seen you at conferences where i got to go to the gym to kind of keep your machine working. Just tell us about your experience with that. Well, um, I know – it requires some emotional intelligence, uh, Jeff, that I never really realized I had. I, I never paid attention to the uh, signals in my body that told me I was anxious or I was overwhelmed or um, there was cognitive hyperactivity. I was bombarded with thoughts. And I used to let that stuff sit inside of me because I, I just didn't know what it was. And just very naturally, um, I knew that whenever I had those feelings, now I know that they're related to my thinking, that when I have negative thoughts in, my, in the invisible realm of my head, they show up in my body, and I've got to figure out a way to either process them to myself because there's nobody around, articulate them and understand what's going on um, to create this anxiety and stress in me from the source of my mind. So when I go to work out, um, you know, the thoughts that are negative closes the brain down. 
the moment we exercise and we get the endorphins inside of us, we can feel them a good workout. I'm not talking about a five-minute walk and hoping mm-hmm. that things are going to change. I'm talking 20 or 30 minutes of a good pace where you're getting a sweat, um, and you can feel those endorphins setting in. But I can't work out unless I have music. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize that exercise, you know, I'm playing a game of basketball. That's music in and of itself. But when I'm doing something mundane like uh, running or swimming or, um, you know, even doing tennis drills over and over again with repetition, mm-hmm. I have to have music. Mm-hmm. And so that's the first piece. But I know this, when I don't work out and I have those feelings, something's going to happen that's um, not going to allow <laughs> me to make a good decision or or because I'm not pausing or mm-hmm. I'm just going to be drained. And exercise mm-hmm. – you know, they say, how can you exercise when you're tired? Well, that's the time you should do it because, yep. like you said, Jeff, it revitalizes. It's another source of regenerating our executive yep. function. So the, Dr. Uh, John Rady in his book, Spark, he talks about, you know, exercise is the body's antidepressant. And in the yeah. context that you're just discussing, it's a great way to kind of downregulate your emotions. But it also is you want to keep the brain optimally running functionally. Just like yes. years ago, I talked to Dr. Um, Roberto Olivardi, and I said, what is sleep? And he said, think of it as like defrag for the brain. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, for those younger people, you probably don't. But the older, us older ones, you had to put your, your computer on. And what it does is it cleans up the hard drive. It takes everything from one, like scattered all over the place and puts it all. It organizes it so you can find it. And I know. If I haven't had enough sleep, I'm like in the fog because my, my hard drive in my head is spinning and I can't find it. And that's why sleep is so important because you've already got a tax working memory. But if your physical brain is not rested, it can't run at capacity. Um, just like diet's really, really important. There's a lot of people with the ADHD that have gluten sensitivity that really messes them up. Or there's a propensity to eat um, high carbohydrate foods and you get a, a, a sugar rush that goes up and down and you can get dysregulated as a result of that and all kinds of things can flow mindfulness is another I could, just an attention exercise just like regular physical exercise for you to be mindful to stop and pause and be present and watch your your mind your attention and be able to catch it and bring it back with intention but you know david we know all these things are really, really, really important, and they're discussed, but what I want to do is I want to meet it where it is. At the end of the day, what they all have in common is they're all repetitive, boring, and require routine, which is yep. a classic characteristic of why people uh, procrastinate, at least in this particular area. And I want to go circle back to the music thing. You have, in other words, to do all these, you have to self-regulate. You have to pause, and you have to go do those things, which is difficult. But what you said was interesting because you listen to music. You use something that's stimulating enough to your brain so that it can occupy your brain while you're doing the exercise. And I know I have found in my coaching, exercise isn't about exercise. It's about occupying your brain. If you do that, exercise is a byproduct of that. That's if right. you just focus on exercise itself, literally – People with ADHD almost don't have the willpower to do that. And I know, you, you know me, I swam for 11 years in yep. high school and college, four hours a day. And to this day, I still don't swim unless I'm swimming with somebody because it's a social event for me. Yep. And, and I'm saying this because we all know that these are really good for the physical side of the brain. But I have to tell you, as a coach, all too often people are just saying, I've got to do that. And they don't stop and think, how am I going to make this interesting? Which is, you know, that's a big deal to you. I mean, interest is everything, right? 
Yeah, well, it is, and um, and I would say, Jeff, interest is only the starting point um, because that opens the door. But we need more than interest; we need inspiration to mm-hmm. really keep us going and sustain. But you know, Jeff, as you're talking about this, you ignited something in my brain because things as um, important and foundational as exercise are hard for people with ADHD to do unless they are creative and interesting. But let's talk about something that's even more foundational than exercise, and that's the ability to breathe properly. Mm-hmm. If we don't breathe properly, mindfully, through our nose so that our diaphragm goes out and blow it out. When we're in stress or anxiety, all our thoughts that create emotions get stuck in the emotional part of the machine, the limbic mm-hmm. system and the amygdala. We get amygdala hijacked. And um, in order, the only way that we can identify what's going on and be able to change what's going on is for our prefrontal cortex, which is one of those parts of the machine that communicate with the emotional part of the brain, but it can't communicate because when we're stressed, we lose that 25% of the body's oxygen that we need for the prefrontal cortex to allow our executive functions to use. So if we're not aware when we're stressed, that we need to get more oxygen in the brain, something as simple as that, and that's why mindfulness has become so big, is learning how to deep breathe because our breathing becomes shallow, our oxygen Mm -hmm. goes down. We can't even think about doing exercise because that part of the brain isn't even able to get ignited. The machine Mm -hmm. um, is not available because the fuel, the wiring, the content, whatever you want to call it, the program going into the machine to run it, is not available. It's it's mm-hmm. shut. Mm-hmm. Everybody, hopefully, so far we've got we're starting to get a context to understand how all this stuff. You can't look at just one piece of this, right? You have it's all about it yeah. all together. It's all kind of interrelated. Again, we're talking about machine mind mission. I'm using the computer metaphor, and we're talking about you know keeping it all together. These particular pieces. I want to go to break. When I come back, I want to go back to the mind side. I want to talk about the med piece of that. Uh, for our listeners that are, are tracking our secret word tonight, the word is machine. And like I said, you got to go check out Adka's website, ADD. CA.com. You've got all kinds of information on uh, on coach training. If that's something that you're interested, in, I encourage you because it's it's the largest ADHD coach training school in the, in the world and certified by the ICF. And uh, there's a find a coach list there if you're interested in that. And you've got all kind you got experience and new people. And so there's all kinds of resources. So check it out at ADDCA.com. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. 
just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a great conversation with uh, uh, David Gwork, um, using some different metaphors and contexts in order to kind of help people make sense of some things out there. Uh, we've talked about the machine mind mission. We've talked about the non-med meds. Oh, I, I love that term. It was so brilliant. Now we're going to talk about med- medications, kind of moving more over to the mind side, the thinking side of the brain. And, you know, one of the things that definitely help medications definitely can help people sustain focus on things longer, which is really helpful to keep it functioning so it can work. But there's this other piece of it that's near and dear to your heart and my heart, and that is medications don't tell you what to pay attention to, and they don't teach you how to get organized. They just help you sustain focus longer. So I get this a lot, Dave, where people are like, I don't know if they're working. I go, well, if you could read four pages of a book, and then you'd lose track of it, and you're taking meds, and now you can read four chapters. It's working. And I know, David, I remember I've heard your stories about the first time you took Adderall, and you sat down, and you started to read. You're like, oh, my God, I can actually yeah. read. Want yeah. to share that experience yeah. a little bit? Yeah, well, you know, Jeff, I think we um, we 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 don't often sit back and pay attention to how things are hard for us when all of a sudden you realize how easy they could be. You don't realize that maybe this wasn't me um, trying really hard and not succeeding. Maybe there was something in my brain. Maybe it was I just couldn't. You know, yep. the difference between can't versus won't. It wasn't that I didn't want to read. It wasn't that I didn't want to learn. But the harder I tried to pay attention to boring things or uh, concepts or subjects that I was told I had to read, I was looking at a page for 30 minutes without one word sinking in. So <laughs> it was just so frustrating. So the first time when I was able to sit down and read an article that wasn't really of high interest. It was, you know, something I had to learn. And um, I started reading the sentences and I was just going from one sentence to the next. And I was actually comprehending what I was reading. Um, I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to rock on my rocking chair or walk around. It was just like, wow, this, Mm -hmm. this is unbelievable. It was, it was major. And I also noticed things that were jumbled in my head, um, the connections were being made that mm-hmm. weren't necessarily being made before. And when the medication wore off, um, all the bad stuff came back. And mm-hmm. I realized that, you know, the pill, the pill didn't give me the skill and the ability to make choices about what I was going to read, but it allowed my brain to be on a level playing field so that before, if I couldn't play a sport cause I wasn't learning the rules. Now the medication put me on the field and said, Okay, coach, give me the plays. I want to study them. And for the first time, I was learning them, and I was able to play equally with everybody on the field as mm-hmm. opposed to going yep. on the field and just going with innate skill and hoping that I would make it through because I didn't understand what they were doing. Yep. <laughs> right to that. So the, I, I love how you describe that story. But the other piece that you and near and dear to our heart is that belief system and those types of things. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm going to share my experience because I think I can, I, I can articulate it. When I grew up with my dyslexia, there was all these people that were just like 
they just sat down like they're trying to get me to do this thing and i'm like they were getting frustrated and i was getting frustrated they were getting mad because like i wasn't adhering to it and it's like i i, I don't know what i've got going on i knew i had dyslexia but i didn't understand what it really was until later in life now i can articulate it dyslexia is a coding issue and encoding and decoding yeah. so if i read a sentence and it says boy i'll retrieve a d instead of the b so i'll read doy and when you read a sentence that says doy and you get to the end, it makes no sense. And you go back and you're trying yeah. to code it. It's a lot of work. And it's it just is. frustrating. And all that yeah. you just want to escape. Well, the coaching paradigm or the mind side is to sit there and say, not just to try harder, but, well, wait a second. How do I do it? So this yeah. Attention Talk Radio was born out of that because when I got in this business, you got to write a book or do a blog. And like, are you kidding me? I can't do that. So I started yeah. this. As a means to have something to talk about in social media, and the thing about it is when I shifted my belief system that I had to do it a certain way, I was able to do this. It was really just to get on the internet to have something to talk about. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever, ever think that I would get the kind of education I've got uh, from interviewing all the thought leaders. So I didn't have to read the book. I got to read – I got to interview Dr. Yeah. Barkley personally. I got to talk to uh, – um, uh, Anthony Rostain personally. I get to talk to you personally. And so I go back to it's that, that mind side, the belief systems and some of those that a lot of times we need some help. The meds can help you sustain focus. But you yeah. gotta you you gotta fo you gotta manage the default side, the emotion side, you gotta manage the, yes. the, the belief side. Because if that's not in check, the the machine can be running great, but it's only gonna you're not gonna get to your mission unless the mind's optimized. And it yeah. really comes down to this holistic Review. Yeah. Yep. That is so true. And, and I'm going to tell you something that's related to both of these things. If you don't change the belief the, that main, you know, let's say that the belief is the story you're telling yourself and the theme in that story is the belief. And so I was telling my story of myself for years on how you read a book and how you read a book is you have to read it linearly. So if you start on page one and you get to page 57 and page 57 is boring you throw the whole book away and you never read it again it's mm -hmm. just gone until i realized that that was the story i was telling myself and i asked myself how does my brain work well my brain works like this and this is how i wrote my book permission to proceed i wrote my book just out of this belief that why do we have to read books linearly if that chapter of the book is not interesting and i'm talking about of course nonfiction. Yep. fiction you know is a story and it goes in order but in nonfiction, I said, why can't I read three chapters in this book and six chapters in that book and seven chapters in this book? Because out of that, I'll get 16 chapters and things that I will read. But if I go with my old belief system, I won't get anything because I thought that reading a book had to be linearly and I was cheating, that I was uh -huh. cheating by not reading that two or three pages. So now, you know, um, I have in, in my iPad – I've got seven or eight different books I'm reading. I read two chapters here, three chapters there, and I become very knowledgeable because yep. those are the parts of the book and the story that says I can learn a lot by reading parts of books that interest me rather than the story I have to read it linearly. And as silly <laughs> as that story sounds, that dominated me for, for most of my life. I've coached so many people on like I, I, I can't finish the book. I can't finish the book, and I go, you know, I read a book until the marginal returns diminish, and then I let it go yep. because yep. I learn a lot on the quick side. And then I wait a second. I got to go out and process it. But there's so many people that are stuck on that notion they've got to do it this yep. way. And yes. you, you you can have 
you can take umpteen care of the machine, but if you don't mess with the mind on this side of it, you're going to be limited. At the same time, you can let go of your beliefs and you also. But if you're staying out late and you're not getting any sleep That's and right. you're eating a bunch of garbage and stuff like that, there's a limit to how far you can go. So you can't do one without the other. And that's why there's not one size fits all, and that's why multimodal treatment is so important that's and so right. effective across the board because it is really a holistic approach. And so today what I was hoping to do is use these contexts to break it all down so people understand the parts individually and understand how they work together collectively. So when you go out there and you're reading some stuff on diet, recognize hey, diet's really, really important. Know it's repetitive and boring. Change your belief system. Don't say what you should eat. That's good. Focus on what you will eat. Like – just because you're not making a full-blown meal doesn't mean you can't find healthy things to eat that don't require a lot of time. You know what I'm saying? You should yeah. exercise. I think the prescription is like you know, 45 minutes of cardio three times. Do how much you're going to do. But some, some, doing it is better than not doing it. At the same time, if you're stuck, you've got to take a look at the belief systems because a lot of times those are the very things that are holding you back. And, and the last piece of this that I don't have a lot of time to go into it is self-awareness is an executive yeah. function. And people with ADHD struggle with self-awareness, and it dawned on me, emotional self-regulation, when you're threatened with your life, you instinctively go to fight, fight, or freeze. You get defensive. And one day, like I think it was May, I was getting ready for a it dawned on me is that the challenge of self-regulation and the belief systems is we feel threatened, threatened if we confront ourselves. I should read a book, but I'm not going to. That's, that's a threat, and you, you resist it. It's that moment mm-hmm. where you can go downregulate your emotions and say, it's okay if I don't read a book. And I'll tell you, David, of the people that I coach, there's a lot of people out there that know a lot about ADHD, but they're not successful. The ones that are are the ones that own it. The ones that sit there and say, yeah, yeah. I should, I should yeah. read a book, Care to Cover, but I'm not going to. I'm going to read a chapter here, there, and yonder. I should write a book, but no, I'm going to start Attention Talk Radio. It's that yep. moment that you're letting yep. go of that belief system or that, that emotional self-regulation and owning yourself and kind of moving forward. So you want to add anything to that? or is- Well, uh, so if you look at self-awareness, I've got a simple uh, definition of it. And it, um, you know, uh, Russ Barkley talks about self-awareness as being a big challenge of ADHD. And we know it is because if you can't pause in the moment to pay attention to what you're paying attention to and you don't, have the ability to discern what's in your best interest, uh, all the medication in the world isn't going to help you. On the other hand, you could do the other side. You can have great discernment and have the ability to change the story, but because you have a genetic makeup or an architecture in your brain where your dopamine neurotransmitters don't get stimulated, that's what stimulants do, and you, you have certain levels of dopamine neurotransmitters that are being manufactured, and it's not enough for you to get through certain kinds of tests, even though mm-hmm. all the other stuff is good, then you owe it to yourself to change that belief system that medications mean you're broken. Um, mm. I had that story, and I had to change that because um, I'm an example of what Jeff is talking about, comprehensive treatment, uh, good diagnosis, understanding of the of the brain and the stories I tell myself, understanding sources of positive emotion and exercise to keep me going and watching what I put into my body, not eating fast food all the time, eating some protein Mm -hmm. once in a while. I mean, not starving myself of carbs, but not making that my main diet. So Uh that all three are in alignment. We, We can't, 
this is, you know, what ADHD teaches us, it's much more than a label of a disorder. It's an understanding of us as holistic human beings that have to look at all the different parts and how they fit together, which is how you started this whole interview, Jeff, mm-hmm. with the jigsaw. And what mm-hmm. we try to do is give you the pieces to put that jigsaw puzzle together because they are identifiable, but they all require a choice. And that choice is up to us. So pull this together, but I'll never forget this. I think it was like back in 2011 or 2012 or something like that. I interviewed Dr. Russell Barclay and I said, David, you got to listen to this interview. And, you know, we use language like you mirror back words that they say, stuff like that. And he was using like the mind's mirror, like the ADHD brain doesn't have the ability to reflect back on itself a little bit and retrieve those memories. And it was interesting because it started to fit like a glove because a lot of times when you're struggling with those beliefs, you're struggling with those things, you you literally sometimes need a mirror and a coach or therapist is that mirror for you to help you retrieve those types of things. So sometimes – it requires executive functioning to, to to be able to manage your executive function, and that's why sometimes it's helpful to reach out to somebody who can mirror those things back to you or cue those things or remind you of those things uh, when you get negative and, 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 and support you as you kind of yeah. go through that whole process. So it was that's, that was that. I remember that thing. It was like, oh, my God, we're talking about the same thing, and it was, uh, yeah. it was such a cool moment. Yeah. So anyway. I remember that too. I remember that too very well. So, David, I, before I let you go, I want to just thank you for everything that you do for ADHD coaches in the ADHD community. I mean, there's so many people who benefit from the work that you've been doing going back a couple decades now. And I'm so grateful for, for your support, among others. And I just wanted to, on behalf of the community, thank you so much for everything that you do. Jeff, thank you. And I'm very proud to be a sponsor of ATR. It is by far one of the best free resources in the world. Uh, I don't know anywhere else where you can get the kind of information, the kind of interviews, the kind of wisdom and insight that um, this wonderful con- that was a concept in your head, Jeff, at one point that has turned into uh, manifest into this unbelievable reality where people can come and learn just about anything they want to about ADHD. Yep. There isn't a topic you haven't covered and you continue to go on and get deeper and broader and use that creative your mind of yours yep. to bring in wonderful people. So I thank you for that. Well, I appreciate all your support and everything you do. So, David, I think we accomplished what we wanted to. Thank you so much for coming yep. on the show. Thank you, Jeff. It was a pleasure, as always. Everybody, the website, check out. Maybe become a coach. It's worth checking into. Or go find a coach on that page. Either way, it's a great resource. Remember, our secret word tonight is machine. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.